So I know when I got the email about it, I was like, oh, yay. And I was like, the first thing I noticed, I was like, this Apple icon is uh, the picture that they use for the announcement. I was uh -huh. like, this is different. This is something we haven't quite seen before. We'll talk about it a little bit later in the show, but it was very, very interesting. Well, you'll have to tell me because I ain't on the inside like that. So I don't get special invites from Apple or anything like that. So you you probably had to break it down for us because I don't know what you're talking about. You're listening to the Snob OS podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs. Hey, this is Nika Monford, a.k.a. Tech Savvy Diva. Yo, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech. And you're listening or watching the Snob OS podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs where we talk all things Apple and then some. Hello, all. We are back yet again for episode 91. We're inching up on episode 100. We may have to do a little something special for... for uh, episode 100 we'll definitely keep you in the loop if we decide to do something but all right but yeah we're we're moving along we're coming up on um some some pretty interesting things so first off um we do want to thank our patrons um who were able to um pop in and catch um the pre-show as well as they get to see the live taping um, also, uh, access to our Discord chat where we um, can uh, chat and talk uh, about things that you um, care about, uh, want to discuss, and um, come up with show titles. We're definitely open for that based on who is in our live chat. And again, if you want to become a Patreon, you can. Um, you can support our Patreon and it is only $5 a month and you get all those benefits I just mentioned, access to the live taping, access to the pre-show, and access to our Discord chat. Um, so with that said, let's go ahead and hop into the lowdown where we talk all things Apple. And this is um, a pretty big week uh, starting off for us Apple snobs. The uh -huh. announcement for new devices was released on on yesterday, so a week from today, September 15th, Apple will hold its September event for its Apple uh, announcement for the new line of um, products that they have coming out. Um, mm -hmm. uh, we've been talking about rumors and what we expect, what we hope for, you know, for, for a while now. So everyone should pretty much be, you know, aware of, of what's uh, what's going on and, and what's coming up. But um, just a little bit of details. Um, again, it will be on September 15th, 10 a.m. Pacific time. So that will be 1 p.m. Eastern time. You can watch it on any of your Apple devices. You can also watch it by going to apple.com. And I believe it's typically streamed on YouTube as well. Um, so event is is finally announced and we'll see if all of these rumors all of these screenshots and all of these leaks are actually true and this um this um this event is titled time flies um so i know when i got the email about it i was like oh yay and i was like the first thing i noticed i was like this apple icon is uh the picture that they use for the announcement 
I was mm-hmm. like, this is different. This is something we haven't quite seen before. We'll talk about it a little sure. bit later in the show, but it was very, very interesting. Well, you'll have to tell me because I ain't on the inside like that, so I don't get special invites from Apple or anything like that. So you, you'll probably have to break it down for us because I don't know what you're talking about. As far <laughs> I know, as... I know what you're talking about, but uh, I don't want, I didn't, I didn't get that invite. So I didn't get all that extra stuff that comes along with the invite that you're talking about later in the show. <laughs> oh, you're funny. But <laughs> so for this event, um, we're expecting the announcement of iPad Air 4. Apple, well, so that's, what, that's the so guess. That's what, we don't, we don't know what's coming, but that's the guess. That's the assumption. Right. So the guess is they're going to come out with a new iPad Air, like the fourth generation. They're going to unveil the sixth generation of the Apple Watch. Uh, Somebody had rumored maybe they'll unveil the Apple Silicon, the first Apple Silicon MacBook Pro. Silicon. Um, Silicon. Silicon. (laughs) Apple Silicon MacBook Pro, a 14 inch. So in between the current 13 inches and the big 15 inch that you can get now, um, people are saying that this won't be the iPhone event, which it, to me, I can't remember if last year it was this early, but it seems kind of early, kind of early for an iPhone event, which leads people to believe that since the supply chain says they're going to stagger the iPhone releases, there will be another Apple iPhone specific event later in October, October. to push everything back about a, maybe a little bit under two to three weeks to a month to where they actually launched the iPhone devices, but we don't know. We don't know. It's all in September. Normally they do iPads and iPhones and Mm -hmm. Apple Watches at the same Same time. time. For the fall release, yeah. Right, right. So they may cram it all up and announce the iPhone 12, but won't announce any sort of pre-orders or release date during this next week's announcement. And then, you know, they'll do what they've started to become typical to where maybe they'll you know announce the iPhone 12, announce all the features, and then maybe a couple of weeks in October put out another announcement, not a whole another event, but it's an announcement, yeah, announcement saying, all right, now we know the dates, and now you can go pre-order this date, and it'll be available in stores on this date. So uh, all that to say, nobody knows for sure. So we'll have to wait until next Tuesday, Wednesday? Tuesday, next Tuesday. Next Tuesday on the 15th. Right, because there are also rumors. Of course, we talked about the over-the-ear um, headphones, AirPod Pros. Um, I've been hearing some rumblings about the AirTag, which is essentially the tiles. And um, the company that the other company that does tiles, that does something similar to this, they just made a new announcement um, that's saying you'll get a refund of Oh, shoot, I should have probably pulled up the article, but they're 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 announcing some sort of incentive for what would be the direct competitor to their product, which is AirTag. So that mm-hmm. kind of also leans into hmm. So it may be something coming down the pipeline with with AirTags as well, since tiles are are definitely you know making their presence known a week right. before. Um, Apple has their announcement. So it'll be interesting to, to, incent- to see. Incentiv- incentivize people to hang on because yes. Apple's coming. Right. And to continue right. to buy, buy, buy our stuff, buy our stuff, buy our stuff before, right. you know, Apple presents its its offering. And right. I don't know about you, but if that 
iPhone 12 isn't announced on Tuesday, I think we may see the timeline explode a little bit. I think people are going to be really upset if if they don't at least get some sort of uh, indication or acknowledgement of the iPhone 12. I think it might be a I think it might be a bit of a problem. Well, uh, it may be because people are not used to Apple saying anything other than iPhones in September. Mm-hmm. And if this were to be the event to where they did say everything except iPhones in September, I could understand people being confused. But if they have been paying attention to the journalists, the podcasts, the you know the the bloggers, the enthusiasts, the mm-hmm. you know all of them have been saying, hey. Apple's going to push the iPhone announcement back. They're going to push it back. They're going to push it back. So don't be surprised if it gets pushed back, right? So right. people will be, people will probably still be, you know, uh, confused. But I would hope that if they uh, are willing to hit Twitter to proclaim their disgust <laughs> that Apple didn't announce an iPhone in September, but they haven't been t- paying attention on Twitter prior to to where everything pointed to iPhone is pushed back to October, then, you know, those are just people are just going to be mad anyway. So you really can't count them. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm guessing <laughs> the real ones. No, I guess is what yeah. I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, true. But you know how brand wars are and how people just like to get right. on and, and cause a kerfunkle where there is none. But um, I'm excited. Um, is there anything, one thing that you're particularly looking forward to seeing or? At the event? At the event. Um, I'm, I'd be interested to see that. I'm definitely going to get the uh, sixth generation Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll probably plop down for that. I'm interested to see the iPad Air, uh, not for me, but for my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have an old iPad Air 2 that it's the family device you know, that my wife particularly uses the most, Mm -hmm. but she only uses it when uh, she's taking her weekly self-care times. Um, So uh, maybe she wants one of her own. I don't know. Um, If she did, how often would she use it? Because the one that we, she currently uses is kind of slow. It's, you know, it's an iPad Air 2, so that was years ago. Mm-hmm. So the, the software doesn't run as quick. It's not as nimble. Um, maybe if she had one that was hers, that wasn't the family one that she uses, uh, maybe she personalized it, maybe she used it more. So I'd be interested in that to see if it's worth it. Now, if it's a, a bajillion dollars, then <laughs> you, can, you can use the old one for now. Keep using the know. old one. Right, right. But if it's, if it's affordable, if it's light, if it's something that she may get more use out of, uh, one of the things we're starting to do less and less of is paper. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the iPads do a great job of taking notes to where maybe if she she's starting to uh, do more reading, she's starting to get into, you know, a side hustle as far as real estate investing. So she can, you know, there's a whole bunch of things I could sell her on mm-hmm. to where she would use the iPad Air for more like reading books. Uh, like I was saying, um, taking all the notes on the device, whether it be you know, where she's, you know, reading or learning, you know, her side hustle or for work, you know, if she's taking notes, you know, she doesn't have to carry, uh, have all these papers around because, you know, looking at her desk, she's got she sticky notes paper. and paper and all this stuff. So if I got her an iPad and a Apple Pencil, you know, maybe that could, you know, take that up. So all that to say, 
Um, I'd be inter- interested in those two devices. Um, if they announced an, uh, a silicon silicon uh, MacBook Pro, I don't have a reason to get one. Uh, my current MacBook Pro, even though it's a 2016, uh, it's got a lot of horsepower and mm-hmm. it's a 15-inch. Uh, if I were to be interested in buying one, it would be pretty costly. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with my MacBook as it stands right now. So I plan on keeping that for a couple more years. So I'll probably pass on that. So I'm definitely interested in seeing what uh, is announced in the iPad realm to see if I could justify buying one. Right. Yeah. I'm really just looking forward to to the iPhone um, and if they have a pro. Um, and for me, um, my um, my MacBook is what? uh is it a, it's a 2015, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm definitely in the market to upgrade. I won't be upgrading to silicon, but I know that the prices for their current yeah, versions are probably going to drop a chunk. So right. I'll get in on the back end that way because I'm, I don't know how much the silicon is going to cost, but I don't think it's going to be cheap at all. Right. Even, right. you know, by by normal standards or, i mean even by apple standards um it's you know probably going to be pretty expensive so right so, yeah. so so that's pretty much what i'm looking for i hope they surprise us um i would be interested to see if they come out with the over the ear um so we'll see what they have or if they have something new with the if they have a new generation of airpod pros or something so but the biggest thing for me is is the iPhone 12 because okay. I've been rocking this 10 for a minute because I've been waiting for 5G. That's why I didn't get um, the 12. Yeah. Rather. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So it'll be interesting right. to see. And going right into the next um, thing, uh, I think it, it goes hand in hand with the iPhone 12 release of, of when we'll see it, whether we see it in September, whether we're seeing it in October. Um, mm-hmm. Apple just released their um, iOS 14 beta 8 to developers. So the latest beta is now out in the developers' hands. Um, I think mm-hmm. that will give them time to uh, make any necessary updates or changes um, to get their apps ready for, um, for, um, for iOS 14 and iPad OS 14. They released both of those betas um, today. And I think today was actually today wasn't yesterday it was today so um and so oh they i'm looking reading an article from uh, nine to five mac um that they released um it to the public as well um for uh they released it to the uh, beta testers as well so the public the public beta the uh, well it says uh, ios 14 beta 8 is now available to public beta testers so i guess you have to be in their beta testing uh um program to, yeah. to do yeah, that you just got to sign up for yeah it. I, i've got it on all my devices yeah um but i guess it's interesting that they did uh um released the beta 8 to, to developers and to the public beta testers yeah two, two different groups yeah there's the, there's the developer beta testers that you gotta pay a fee you gotta be a developer so on and so forth then you can just be a regular public beta uh person where you sign up and you agree to putting a beta on your public device early normally it's kind of staggered to where mm-hmm. they'll do the the developer beta first and then maybe two or three weeks maybe not that long two weeks later they'll 
released to the public. The fact that they've done beta eight to the developers and the public beta leads us to believe that Apple will announce iOS 14 at Tuesday's event yep. and to get everything ready for, like you said, for when the iPhone is either released or announced on Tuesday next week or wow. is pushed back to October in its own event. Right, and if and, and looking at the article, it, it, it updated the article to say that it was released to the public betas, um, to the, yeah, to the public beta testers, because like you said, it's not very often that they're released to both uh, groups at the same time. And it also, right. according to this article, it looks like um, they, Apple will be releasing Watch OS 7 beta, 8 and TV OS beta, Oh, eight today as well. So it looks like they're they drop they're dropping everything today. When was this article right, but updated? I really, but I really don't see anything interesting uh, in beta eight. I guess the interesting news in and of itself is that they're pushing these out yeah. to get it out to people so they can make their final changes before mm -hmm. they start to uh, make any announcement to the official release. Mm -hmm. um, they've got some small incremental changes like a new calendar app icon. Mm -hmm. uh, New widgets for TV and files, um, uh, some small changes. Yeah, right? it's nothing so, major, nothing mind blowing. So it sounds right. like for the fact that they're releasing betas with these minor tweaks, it looks like they're pretty close to their final product, and they just wanted right. to get it in the hands of people so that they can make their necessary changes, so that once it is actually released, um, folks can go ahead and you know pull the trigger on finalizing their apps. Um, for this new um, iOS 14, iPadOS 14, uh, what WatchOS 14, <laughs> TVOS, oh yeah, TVOS uh, 14. So it's it's a lot, but I think it just goes to show that um, you know things are moving pretty quickly in anticipation of of what's coming next Tuesday. Mm -hmm. All right, and the last thing we have for the lowdown. Uh, I thought it was very interesting. So um, this article also is from 9to5Mac. Um, Mark Zuckerberg, and you would think, why is you talking about this in um, in lowdown and not lowdown. in second string? Um, Mark Zuckerberg has finally made a statement stating that um, the Apple uh, App Store deserves scrutiny. Um, I think he, he, he said before at, um, at Facebook's um, online meeting that he didn't really give a direct, you know, answer as to what he thought about the App Store. But now he's he's come out guns blazing. And um, I'll read the full quote that um, is in this article based on an interview that he gave um, in Axios. Um, and he says, quote, well, I certainly think that they have the unilateral control of what gets on the phones in terms of apps. He replied, I think it's probably about 50% of Americans who have smartphones and a lot more people around the world. I think there are more than a billion Apple devices. So I don't think that there are questions that people should be looking into, into about that control of the app store and whether that's enabling as robust of a competitive dynamic. So he had um, that to say about the Apple's um, app store, but he also mm -hmm. had this to say um, about the Google Play Store. 
as a, any quotes, as a developer, if you're not in the Google Play Store, at least you have a way to get your apps on people's devices. And that means that people aren't completely going to be shut out if they're doing something that Google doesn't prefer. I think that that's really important, that people have a way to create something and get it on devices if people want. So right. to you, uh, he has another uh, quote uh, calling essentially, you know, Apple gatekeepers and saying that by having the policy that they have in the app store, they quote block innovation, block com- competition and it allows mm-hmm. um, Apple to charge monopoly rents. So your thoughts on the Zuckerberg coming out, what seems to be guns blazing against the app store. We know we talked about it last week that um, they had the little petty exchange on mm-hmm. on um, their uh, in-app purchase purchases or events that they hold that people host on Facebook. So do you think he's just hammering down on on what we already know, kind of getting in on some of the the epic um, uh, battle, or you know, do you think he has ulterior motives, or are are his you know motives purely you know? inspirational and trying to make sure that all developers get their products out there uh no (laughs) (laughs) and you and but he's trying to you have to pay attention to how things are phrased Mm -hmm. i'm a big person on what people say and how they say Mm -hmm. them right so if you look at this quote he said you know and i'll I'll share it it he says um I think it's a problem. I think it's probably about 50% of Americans who have smartphones, right? So if you take that word, you take that in and of itself, you would, and you take it in its totality, you say, yeah, that is a lot, right? But it doesn't say, I think it's a, probably about 50% of Americans who have iPhones, right? Mm-hmm. There's a difference. The reason why people people want to claim Apple has a monopoly is because they have control of their devices, right? There's a difference between Apple having a monopoly on smartphones. If Apple had monopoly on smartphones, then the fact that they have unilateral control over their app store and whatever Apple says goes for their app store would affect a monopoly of Americans, then Apple would have a big problem. But the fact that only like he says, I think there are more than a billion Apple devices. There are seven or eight billion people in the world, right? So you got to recognize that um, there is no, he, he's, he's trying to be funny to say a certain thing to make people believe that Apple has a monopoly when in fact they don't have a monopoly. And all you got to do is look at his words, right? So he says, I'll go keep going. So I do think there are questions that Apple should be looking into about that control of the App Store and whether it's enabling a robust competitive dynamic. Again, Apple controls their devices. Apple devices, not all smartphones. Exactly, just like Facebook controls their ads. They don't control all social media ads. Mm -hmm. They control their ads, right? So you can make take this same quote and turn it to Facebook yep. and say, you know, I think it's probably 50% of people who use Facebook, right? And whatever they say about their ads, so on and so on. You can take that same statement and turn it on Facebook 
and I'm pretty sure he would uh, uh, object to that. Right. So if you're going to object to Facebook having this unilateral control of their advertising marketing and how they do ads on Facebook, WhatsApp and Instagram and Oculus, right, then he can't have anything to say about Apple and how they control their app store on their devices. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then, you know, you look at the second statement, like he was saying, you know, um, 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 and that means that this is about the Google the Google Play Store, and that means that people aren't completely going to be shut out if they're doing something that Google doesn't prefer, right? Keyword. So Google prefers, mm-hmm. right? So, so the whole thing about that is, yes, if I'm a developer and I want to put a app on Android phones, I don't necessarily have to go through the Google Play Store. I can go to Samsung. I can go to Tizen. I can go to uh, Huawei, I can go to OnePlus, all these other Google device manufacturers. But if you still, if you have a Android app, you still have to go through, um, you still have to go through Android, right? So, you know, the same thing with, you know, uh, going back to smartphones and whole, if you want to get your app on a smartphone, sure, you may have some issues with Apple. But you still have Google, you still have Samsung, you still have Tizen, you still have um, um, Amazon has a Play Store, uh, you know, OnePlus, all these different manufacturers. You do have options. So that's the whole thing that kind of blows up all these statements about, you know, Facebook having issues, Epic having issues with Fortnite, you know, some of these other app manufacturers. Yeah, you're locked out of Apple. Go on over there to Google then and, and do your mobile apps. You still have those options. I right. Think you know, I think the people have the issue that, you know, they're, they're using the antitrust and monopoly uh, unfairly to Apple. Even though Apple does have a lot of control, they only only have control over their devices. Right. Now, their devices are the most popular. That's but that ain't Apple. their fault. I mean, <laughs> right. their competitors yeah, need to level up a little bit. Exactly. Just but that's the primary reason. I was going to say the primary reason. To make it a monopoly. Right. And I was going to say, um, based on what you said, this that's the exact reason why I, I, I pull this story in is because it's very, I don't think, it's not hypocritical. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, um, uh, I would say hypocritical. Okay. It's, hip, uh, is it hypocritical? I was thinking of another word. It's very, I'll just say it's very interesting based on all of the issues that he's had with his company, how he, um, how they make most of their money from their ads. You could, if you're using, you know, apples to apples, like you said, this could be flipped to their ads. So I just find it very hypocritical of him to come out with this pretty, you know, ballsy statement where he's been kind of tiptoeing around the issue for a while for him to actually come out and essentially condemn and and pile on to say, yes, the app store is a monopoly. It is violating antitrust laws, knowing. And I don't, and he was trying to be slick. So oh, he, he was trying back. to be very slick. And I'm sure he ran this by his lawyers before he said it. Right, right. So he didn't say Apple violated antitrust. Nope. Or, he didn't say Apple had He's monopoly. implying it. Yep. He said it very, very slyly. I yeah. think they should look in. That's something Donald Trump will say. Yeah. I think they should look into that, right, mm-hmm. right, as a way to, to, to not uh, blame them but draw attention, which yeah. is what he was trying to do. That's exactly he was what he was trying to do. Trying to draw attention to the fact, because like your like your original point was, he's being a little bit petty 
mm-hmm. and the fact that they had an issue about you know Apple putting their um, changing the wording on their ads and you know so on and so forth. The so privacy to... things coming with iOS 14, you know, it's mm-hmm. just really him trying to get his shots in because he's not happy happy with you know the way that Apple is going about specifically as it relates to ads because that's how mm-hmm. Facebook makes all their money. And I just I just find it very interesting that at this point in time, he's now chosen to to say something, whereas before he's tiptoed around the issue. So uh, Mm -hmm. you're not slick, uh, Mr. Zuckerberg. Uh, I think pretty much everybody sees through, um, sees through this, uh, this facade. Facade. Yeah. And especially if you look at this last quote, starting with quote, Apple has this unique stranglehold as a gatekeeper on what gets on phones. Stranglehold and gatekeeper are two very buzzy words that um, really leapt out at me. And he's really, you know, driving it, you know, driving it home. But in the, oh, but not me. I'm not saying anything bad. I'm just, you know, saying what I see, but I don't, I don't know. It's just maybe somebody right. should think about it. So he's, right. he's, and like I said, all of this got ran by legal before he said anything along the lines of of Mm -hmm. any of the quotes that he said in this article he probably told legal what he wanted to say and they told him how he could say it in his own words so Mm -hmm. so yeah so it's definitely uh definitely very interesting and definitely the timing is is very interesting interesting as well so yeah, he, he got this election. He need to worry about his own issues. <laughs> right, exactly. All right, so that's it for the lowdown. So let's head on over to Second String where we talk all other tech. And we start off this week with Xbox um, and their new um, devices and their costs. Um, you're a big Xbox uh, gamer. I know you've been posting a lot more about it, so... So thoughts. Well, uh, my original thoughts was, you know, they were scared that Apple announced their <laughs> September 14th event. And it was like, oh, well, we need to announce something so we can get people's money first before people go out and buy all these iPhones and all these iPads and all these Apple watches. So let's go ahead and announce something because before they have been close to the lip about how much these Series uh, S and Series X devices are going to cost. They've been very tight-lifted about when they were going to ship. Now, all of a sudden... All the information. Everybody's got loose lips now. Now, all of a sudden, they're all forth, forthcoming with all this information, you know, like not even a day, maybe the same day that Apple uh, announced their September 14th event. So I, I found that kind of uh, surprising that Xbox, like I said, any otherwise, you didn't know how much it was going to cost. We didn't know when it was going to ship. Now, all of a sudden, they gave us all the information, (laughs) right? So for those who don't know, the Xbox Series X is the high-end pro version that's going to have the 4K. It's going to have the next-generation rendering, all the super califragilistic stuff that we expect out of a next-gen gaming console. And then they've got a smaller, less entry-level version, all digital. So it's not going to have a slot to where you can insert a game. You'll have to download and install all the games from the web. But that's going to be a smaller, sleeker, uh, less expensive version. So the Xbox Series X, I have to put my notes in here. The Xbox Series X 
which is the pro version, is going to be four. Is that the black one? Dollars. The big, That's the bigger the black one? one. Okay, yes. I'm showing on the screen, one. so yeah. Yeah, yeah, with the CD slot, um, um, CD slot. I guess now it's a Blu-ray slot. I need to get my terminology together, right? <laughs> um, so that was going to be four ninety nine, and then the smaller white one with just digital, being able to download digital, is going to be two ninety nine. And then the pre-orders start on the 22nd of September and actual release date will be November 10th, right? Which is surprising to me because when you pre-order something, it's normally out and maybe I'm an Apple guy because when Apple makes an announcement on a device, like the very next week or two, I can I can pre-order it and then the next week or two it'll be available. You can tell because the pre-orders start on September 22nd, right? Mm -hmm. But it won't be available until a whole month after on November 10th. So that leads me to believe that they had to rush and hurry up and make this announcement yeah. and hurry up and get people's money before, you know, the, before the iPhone, the iPad, the watch, the laptop, watch, everything. The Air, the AirPods, the, the, you know, all that new stuff comes out between September 22nd and November. So it's like, all right, well, we need to hurry up and put something out so we can get people to pre-order this thing so they have already allocated that money to where to then, <laughs> right, 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 to us. And then when Apple announces stuff, now you got to make a business decision. Okay, well, I've already put down for this uh, Xbox device. Now, which one of these Apple devices, you know, versus, you know, before it was like, all right, well, now I've spent all my money on an iPad, an Apple Watch, an iPhone, blah, 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 blah. Now I got to figure out how I'm going to spend this Xbox money, right? So smart on them. You mm -hmm. know, no, I ain't throwing no shade. I would have did the same thing, too. You know, so I need to get out in front of this whole iPhone thing because iPhone announcements are like a black hole and they suck everything down into it. So it's like, well, let's make this announcement. Let's get this news out ahead of time so we don't have to worry about all that much fallback or lack of attention, rather when Apple does their announcements. So I put that out there for those two reasons. One, I'm a gamer, so I'm interested in this. And two, you know, I found it interesting that yeah, they put it out ahead of time. They was like, wait, sure. it's not ready for a few more months. But let, right, me, right. let me let you know what's coming. So put your money aside, how much it's gonna cost. So if you go ahead and slide that $400, you go ahead and slide that, you know, 250 over, just keep yep, it safe yep. over there on the side for us. Right, right, because they really don't have any sort of super next generation games to announce alongside the xbox because normally how gaming consoles when they're announced they have this big super title that takes advantage of all the, the high-end yeah. graphics and all the high-end sound and all the new rendering all that cool stuff uh, xbox really doesn't have that i think maybe they'll have um what's the popular game on xbox uh halo halo but mm. that's not coming out to 2021 right <clears throat> excuse me so they really don't have like a arsenal of games to uh, launch alongside of it which is tough for if i'm going to order or pre-order and uh get this new generation console on the day it's launched but really have nothing new generation to play on it it's like i'm just gonna play the same old games you know, why not just wait for the new games to come out, then decide mm -hmm. if I'm going to get the high end console or just, you know, use what I'm currently using or get the the less expensive, you know, le less compact one. Right. So it's kind of odd. Again, like I was saying before, it's kind of odd that they would announce it so early when they have so little to say. But again, like I said, they had to get they had to say something. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Plus, PS5 is coming. So 
Right, right, right. But uh, even then, uh, PS5 really hasn't solidified. If I'm if I'm not correct, mistake me. You know, correct me if I'm wrong. But PS5, they really haven't had any hard edged announcements as far as official price or official release date, no. right? So I'm curious to see what Apple's thinking about. But it's PlayStation Xbox are hand in hand mm-hmm. now, but now all of a sudden they've kind of diverged because this whole Apple thing is coming. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of interesting that PlayStation hasn't made any official announcement, but Xbox is kind of feeling the heat, right? <laughs> so it'd be very interesting if we see something from PlayStation in the next week or so. Uh, possibly, like I said, they, I would, uh, it makes more sense to announce something closer to when they'll actually ship. So maybe that's what Apple, uh, Sony is hanging out for. It's like, well, we ain't ready, so we're just gonna hold off. Versus Xbox is like, well, let's just let's just put something out there. <laughs> yeah, it's like let's let's get it out there, get it in the minds, get it on the radar of, of folks. All right, so the next thing, kind of in line with what we we're talking about with um, Mark Zuckerberg, this Epic Games and uh, Apple battle is still raging. It gets more and more you know, uh, complex as it goes along. But I want to talk about this particular story is because the makers of Fortnite, Epic Games, they want their cake and eat it too. So now they're saying, and I I think they've, um, they've made a a request and, and the, and the, um, the lawyers for the company are arguing that if, if they don't get back in the app store, in Apple's app store, then their company will suffer irreparable harm. You can't have it both ways. You can't want to be in their ecosystem and play by your own rules. And you can't also not be in their system and still complain. You gotta pick a side, you gotta pick a struggle. You're either gonna be in there and, and complain or whatnot, but when you don't follow the rules and you get kicked out of the app store, you're complaining and you're trying to sue for that. Like, I don't know. Well, it's so, crazy. Well, it's it's <laughs> I get what they're trying like to do. They're, they're trying, trying to ride the fence. <laughs> they're, they're, yeah, like you said, they're trying to have their cake and eat it, too. So I'm going to read this quote right from Epic. This was a clear warning to any other developer that would dare challenge Apple's monopolies. You either follow our rules or we'll cut you off from a billion iOS customers. Challenge us and we will destroy your business. <laughs> they, in that quote, they didn't say anything about them initially initially sparking the fire and saying, Apple, y'all suck because y'all take so much money. And because of that, we're going to launch this crazy smear campaign mm-hmm. against y'all. And as a result of that... This is why you are where you are. Right, right, right. So it's like you said, they're trying to launch this assault against Apple and still be able to take the advantage of Apple and all of their customer base and all of their devices and all of the money that they would bring in, you know, currently playing by Apple's rules. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you can't, like you said, you can't have cake, eat it too can't be mad against the machine you can't rage against the machine but get mad that the machine rages against you right right (laughs) you started all of this you you launched this you are the one who kind of fired the first shot 
Right. And the game's the game. Yeah. So you got to play the game. So you got to play the game. And I don't know if they were expecting Apple to fold. They couldn't have possibly thought that. They couldn't expect that Apple would just say, okay, well, you don't like our the the thing that developers have been you know complaining about for years just because you're Fortnite and you're one of the biggest games out there we're just going to fold for you i have a hard time believing that they thought that this is how it would play out that apple would acquiesce to their demands but or, it sounds or, like they did what well, or like you like you was just about to say or they they did and assumed that apple was going to do this furthering the idea like you mentioned with Facebook and Zuckerberg mentioning that they had this monopoly this antitrust thing to where if they can prove that them not being in the app store causes a reputable harm and puts them out of business it kind of proves their point that Apple does have this monopoly and if you don't play by Apple's rules you may lose a whole lot of business if not lose your business right so it's almost like they threw themselves out as a sacrifice to prove their point mm -hmm. well if you throw yourself out as a sacrifice be ready to get sacrificed <laughs> because be ready to get uh, slaughtered because right. you because are that's what apple did they cut them out from the app store and whether or not they're being hurt or not you know we we i don't we believe can assume Right, we can assume that they're losing money. It's a it's a safe assumption to say that they're losing money, but, but it's not causing quote harm. irreparable harm to their business. Right. Get out because of here. Because again, because again, anybody that's got old iPhones, anybody that's got the current seasons of Fortnite, anybody that has updated, you can still get it. This is only for new people who go to the App Store and go to download Fortnite for the first time. Those are the people who can't get it. Everybody that had it prior to this whole thing still can do whatever they got to do, you know, so. And again, uh, it's again, on a, it's on mobile devices, which I don't think is their target audience anyway. Like we've already mentioned, most people play Fortnite on a console anyway, and you can still do that. And you still got Google Play, so on and so forth, right? right. So again, the, you know, like you said, it goes back to having your cake and eat it too. Maybe they, maybe they, uh, maybe they didn't think this was going to have an as an adverse effect. Maybe they thought they could, uh, like like I mentioned, rage against the machine, say how unfair Apple is, say throw how, out some buzzwords, uh, try and make Apple right. look bad, and but at the same time, not lose any money by getting kicked out of the Apple Store because they didn't think in a million years that they would that get Apple kicked would out. Actually, yeah, right, right. They assumed that they could just be mad, be disgruntled employees, but not run the risk of being fired. Right. <laughs> I right. don't know. Too many businesses, you know, ethical, morally or not, you can be mad at the company and get out on get out on social media and say all these terrible things about the company and then turn around and go work like nothing's happening. Or, or be fire. surprised when they fire you. Like, right. How? Yeah. The audacity. Right. Like, right. how? So, yeah. So, so interesting. Yeah. So it's interesting. You know, like you said, they're trying to, like you said, ride the fence, you know, have the cake and eat it too. But obviously that's not going to work. So it'll be interesting to see what happens because this is not going to end anytime soon. And we'll see if Epic, Epic's got the, the, the gas in the tank to go to long distance. Because if you remember, the Apple versus Samsung thing lasted for years. Mm -hmm. So we'll see if Apple, A Epic versus Apple will last as long. Yeah. I don't think they realize that Apple has the cash to really drag this out. And I think, you know, 
maybe Zuckerberg thinks if he kind of jumps in on this, it'll kind of speed up the process and, and mm-hmm. help out. But I don't think so. I'm like, Facebook has a myriad of issues. You need to be focused on those issues and mm-hmm. not on what's going yep. on over here at Apple Everybody. because you, you already got way too much to, to chew on. Mm-hmm. So... All right. So the last thing I did want to um, talk about in Second String is not necessarily um, uh, an article. It's just it's, it's something that I think I just wanted to bring to attention. I know that we talk a lot about um, security and passwords. So I just wanted to show this graphic so that people could kind of get an idea of of how vulnerable you can be. So this particular graphic, I saw it on Twitter, and it gives you how long it takes for a hacker to brute force your password. And by brute force, it means just manually, you know, if you have four characters, one, two, one, 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 and just going one, 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 two, just going through all, manually going through the increments of, of figuring out your password, not using an algorithm, not using any additional software, but just manually trying to figure out your password by going through the different possible iterations. And if you look at this screen, it will tell you how quickly a hacker can access your password, can figure out your password. Well, well just just a, a heads up. So brute force does take software and it does take algorithms and it does do an automated process. And the reason why, like, you, I don't know if you have it on screen, Yes, on screen. But, okay, so the reason why it can do it instantly is because these brute force attacks. These bots are running the numbers. So fast through this program that if the, if you have four characters with numbers only, no letters, no uppercase, no lord, nothing, just straight up numbers only, this brute force software that they throw on your password, it'll get it just like that. Same thing with five characters, same all the way up to 10 characters. If you just have numbers, they throw this, they press start on this brute force application, it'll crack your code just like that. So the whole, I think the whole point where you're going to this is when you start to add numbers and lowercase numbers, even if you do that and only have four characters, boom, it'll take it instantly. So you get to where it takes a considerable amount of time to where you get into 10 and 12 and 14 number of characters and then you add numbers and you add lowercase and you add uppercase and you add uh special characters and you add symbols once you start to complex your passwords then you're seeing it takes a hundred thousand years for a brute force application it may take two million years and it may take 337 billion years so uh, the point is, you know, they can figure out your password very quickly. Right, right. Unless you start to uh, be a little bit more complex. And I think the whole issue with people not wanting to create complex passwords is because they say, well, I'll forget it. You know, well, I'm like, I would much you rather you forget your password and have to reset have, it and have to reset it constantly Versus somebody deciding to pick you as a target, randomly, employing, <laughs> randomly employing one of these brute force application algorithm things and get your password just like that. And then knowing that you don't want to create a complex password for this, you probably created the same pass, simple password for your 
computer and the same password for your banking account and the same password for your mortgage and the same password for all these different things to where not only did they just get the password to your laptop, they also got your bank accounts. They also got your mortgage. Everyone you got. They also got social media accounts because you use the same password, simple password everywhere, wherever, where, everywhere. So this is just like a, a, a visual reminder to how important serious you should take passwords because if you just they decide to pick you as a target and you've got one of these super simple passwords they can crack it just like that it don't take them 40 or 50 years it don't take them trying to socially engineer anybody calling somebody pretending to be you they don't have to do all that or or what i or what also sorry to interrupt but also what i've seen and i've tried to warn people against it when people do these things on twitter um take your street name and your dog's name and that's your that's your stripper name or that's your whatever name that's right. way that's another way that people can mine your data oh, yeah. and fig and figure out your your answers to your um, security questions enter enter your year and find out what what here's the things I say on Facebook enter your your birthday so the first through the 31st and it'll tell you which pop star are you and then in another one later, they'll say, enter your year and find out what was the most popular song, the top 10 song on the Billboard charts that year. So now they got the day that you were born and they got the year. Mm-hmm. And then you see another one, um, enter your first name and the last four digits of your phone number mm-hmm. to find out which uh, reality housewife you are. So mm-hmm. all they're doing is compiling all this your profile, you. <laughs> right? <laughs> to where if you do these things enough, They'll have all your information yep. in bits and pieces, and you're not thinking anything of it because this it's one. It's a game, is, you just, right? It's your game. So if you if you fat, uh, um, rewind back to Cambridge Analytica and Russia and the 2016 elections, this is exactly how they were able to manipulate the election because people were doing these stupid quizzes to where they were creating your profile, and that's how they used your profile to put out information directly to you to get you to get the information that they needed to enable to rig the 2016 election. Yeah. So this just fast forward to right now, we've got an election coming up. Everything is more social than ever. We got politicians. We got the president is on Twitter all the time. Mm-hmm. We got Facebook who is deciding that they don't want to. This is a whole another relate unrelated story that I saw recently that how Facebook still is uh deciding that they don't want to be in the middle of this whole politics thing like twitter you see twitter starting to put footnotes on politicians tweets specifically the president to where it's misleading information mm-hmm. facebook and zuckerberg who's got his own problems he's worried about Stay out apple. Of apple business he's he needs to be worried about sleeping around your own front door before you try and sleep around somebody else's Right. He's deciding that Facebook still isn't going to monitor. They don't want to be they don't want to play in politics. So they're going to let all this stuff ride. So we got this election coming up. You know, you've got Trump already yelling and complaining that this this uh, the off the mail in ballots is going to be fraudulent if you let them through. And we there's already been reports that Russia and China and some other states, uh, countries rather, are going to try to influence the election through social media so all that to say all all the way around the world to say you know um 
being safe on social media and creating complex passwords is the least you can do to where if you decide to be a target, you can't just be hacked just like that, you yeah. know, because the this this um, uh, graph that Nika put up, it shows if you've got a simple password and you decide to be and they decide you're that target. They'll get your password just like that. And even it, it's not even necessarily so much as the number of characters, because you look, they can get your, they can figure out your password instantly, whether you have four characters or 10, if they're numbers only. So it's not just about the length of the password. It's about it's the characters that make up right. the password. And even if you get a little fancy and you do what I think one of them is, you have eight characters, and you used uppercase and lowercase and numbers. So you have the length, which mm -hmm. I think eight is usually recommended. You have the mm -hmm. length, you have two different cases of letters and numbers. It still would only take an hour to crack right. your password. Right. Yep. So just get out of the idea of trying to come up with something simple that you can remember every single day. And we keep harping on it. We use a password manager to where you don't have to worry about remembering passwords. Or even just your keychain on your app. If you have an iPhone. Right, right. That's built in. Let them let let them generate a super complex password with 18 characters. That's got upper, lowercase, letters, symbols, all that jazz. You don't have to remember it. Copy and paste it into your whatever you're entering in. Then that way, at least it'll take them 2 million years to crack your account versus eight seconds, right? Because right. somebody could, you could, you know, a smart hacker, they can let an application run on your password, on your accounts and go get some coffee. And by the time they come back and get their coffee, they got all your password information. Don't make it that simple. Yeah, or even just <laughs> make multiple, or make multiple servers just kind of chill in the background, not even their main, sh main machine, mm -hmm. just churning through all these different iterations. When you think about even when it comes to weeks or months, that's just chilling in the background. That's not even at the forefront. And when they get a, when they get a hit, bing, 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 oh, let me go and see what this is. And there they go. Mm -hmm. So definitely, you know, we say this to make sure that you're protected, your family's protected, identity theft is real. And as people get more desperate in these times because they aren't um, able to work, they aren't making money, people get desperate. And as people go more, and as people get more digital. Yeah, and just some people are bad. <laughs> they just want to be criminals. So you always have to, you know, keep that keep that in mind. So um, I definitely did want to 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 show that because when I saw the graphic, I was like, that's very interesting, uh, a very interesting graphic that I just happened upon. Okay. So I believe that's it for second string. We are going to head over to For the Culture. And I actually um, saw this um, right before we recorded the show. I was still working on the show next. It's been a crazy busy day. Um, and a friend on Instagram, she um, DM'd me and said, hey, take a look at this. And she was like, maybe for your podcast. And mm -hmm. so I was like, oh, I was like, I have, I'm doing the show notes now. Um, and I'll definitely put it on the dock. And she was like, no, I was thinking, you know, you guys would probably want to, to be a part of it. So, um, Charlemagne the God, um, a radio personality out of New York, um, longtime host of the Breakfast Club, very controversial, um, along with iHeartMedia, which is a huge media conglomerate. They, um, are going to launch a um, 
Black Effect Podcast Network. Um, so uh, along with Charlemagne and in conjunction with Charlemagne and um, iHeartRadio, they, um, like I said, they are going to 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 create this this network so that. Um, I'll, I'll read from the article that I'm, I'm uh, reading from CNN. It quotes, bringing together the most influential voices in black culture for stimulating conversations around social justice, pop culture, sports, mental health, news, comedy, and more. Um, so, it, you know, it, it goes on into more detail about, you know, what's going to be on there, how it's going to be curated. But I wanted to, to mention, do you think... Um, that this is is needed do you think that we need a black podcast network and also as i mentioned charlemagne the god is a very controversial figure do you think he's the right person to be the face of that well to answer the second question first um he is the a good person to launch this because of his influence um he is, I don't follow them every single day. Um, I catch snippets of their show every once in a while. Um, but in totality, he has become less um, of a character. He's been less controversial. And he has been more focused on, you know, black excellence. He has been focused on uh, 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 amplifying black voices you know, uh, you know, a lot of people think of the Breakfast Club. You know, they think they just talk gossip. You know, they think you think they just talk about the latest celebrity news. You know, they bring their own drama. You know, but a lot of the guests that they've had on in recent years, in recent months, rather, you think of the whole issue with uh, uh, Vice President Joe Biden, him making that comment to where if you don't vote for me. You're not black. He made that comment on their, on their podcast, on their, I mean, on their radio show, right? Mm -hmm. So the fact that he had Hillary Clinton on there when she ran for president and the whole infamous hot sauce in, in my bag, bag thing, mm -hmm. that was on their show, right? And these are two white politicians coming on their show because they knew that Charlemagne God and you know, the other hosts. And, and DJ Envy for The Breakfast Club, they've got that ear to the audience that they're trying to reach. So all that to say, um, as far as being Charlemagne the God, the person to do it, you know, he is a good candidate to do something like this. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much influence he has over the shows that come on this Black Effect Network. Is he just the face of this thing? You know, he's going to get an is he going to just get a nice check and put his name on this? But the real uh, decisions will be, you know, as far as who gets on there, is it going to be, you know, some, you know, stereotypically a bunch of white old dudes in a room deciding, picking and choosing what podcasts get on this network? Or is he going to actually take a active role in doing like you mentioned, like this thought, you know, or, or like the like the quote that you made? These, you know, uh, bringing together the most influential voices in black culture for stimulating conversations around social justice, so on and so forth. Is that going to be the, really the case or are we going to get more of the Breakfast Club, which is just the majority of it is gossip and pop culture, which, you know, we need more of that. Right. Yeah. So that would be interesting to see. So in the article, it does say that he has curated the network's lineup 
of podcasts and many will be hosted by women. Um, I think that's smart on his part because he does not have a great history with women. He has been and said and in his past has some very um, not so great interactions, um, even some harmful interactions with women, particularly black women. So um, he, he also says, quote, um, he's always been surrounded by nothing but black women personally and professionally. So he set out to amplify those voices. And it sounds like from reading the slate of 18 announced podcasts will include um, a comedian and actress Jess Hilares, who was very problematic in her own right. Um, but you also have people like uh, social activists, social justice activist Tamika Mallory and attorney Ebony K. Williams. So it sounds like he has some influence on what gets put on the air and who gets put on the air. So, you know, that seems to answer that question. Right. Um, like I said, I'm not a um, a day to day follower. I'm definitely not a what you would call a fan no. of the Breakfast Club. I catch some of their uh, clips on YouTube every now and again when they show up in my feed, but I'm not, you know, looking for their things every day. But from what I can tell, uh, yes, he most definitely had 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 he has said some very problematic things as it relates to women as it relates to black women specifically, you know, in the past. But I can attest to as of recent, he has started to make a change. Um, he has acknowledged so much so that he has been problematic as it relates to black women. And maybe this is a result of him trying to turn that corner, maybe by mentioning all of the you know, the the comments about, you know, I've been surrounded by black women personally, mm -hmm. professionally, and I've set out to amplify their voices. Maybe this is his uh, um, amends, for lack of a better term, to, you know, start to turn that corner and show versus just saying that he's turned this corner and he, you know, acknowledged that I disrespected black women and I'm not going to do that anymore. So maybe this is his put his money where his mouth is. Uh, again, we'll all have to see. Because, again, nothing, you know, outside of this uh, Black Effect, you know, podcast network is just re-airing Breakfast Club stuff right mm -hmm. now. And like you mentioned, he's got podcasts in the, in, the, in, in the pipeline, but nothing's really come to fruition yet. So we'll have to see if this really takes off. I, in addition to how much influence he has around the, the curation and the selection of these podcasts... I'd also be interested to see what the ownership looks like. Like, how much of this does he own? He's inked a deal with iHeart uh, Radio, mm -hmm. I think that's what yeah, it was. Yeah, it's iHeart Radio. So, does he have ownership or is he just the director, the curator? Mm -hmm. You know, um, um, you know, does he own any of it? Because So, are they giving him, like, say, maybe 5% ownership in iHeart Radio? Or is it just, like you said, is he just going to be an employee? Of right, exactly. Radio. exactly, because um, this comes off of the heels of Joe Button having oh. issues at Spotify because he came into some uh, contract negotiations and they didn't work with Spotify because he was one of the number one podcasts on Spotify. Their negotiations didn't work. Joe Button said, I'm out. So he pulled all his stuff from Spotify. And as a result of that, Charlemagne the God was like, yo, you know, 
you've had all these run-ins with all these different platforms, whether it be complex media, whether it be, you know, his um, early days as a rapper, you know, they had their crews and he had their falling out with the crews. Mm-hmm. He's had falling out to Spotify. He has poly- fall, uh, falling out to complex. And Charlamagne the God was like, yo, you know, bro, it's uh, you, it's you, right? <laughs> one of his comment, one of his taglines, Charlamagne said was, it's not what you're worth. It's what you can negotiate when it comes to business, right? So he was making the comment that Joe Budden is a terrible negotiator and he's had these issues that stem back to him. Joe Budden's thing, retort to that was, I am, I own everything that I do. So if I don't like what's going on with the negotiation, if I don't like what's going on with my current situation, I own it all. I can pick up and go and put my stuff elsewhere because I own it. And, you know, uh, Charlamagne God, He's just an employee. Mm-hmm. If 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 uh, whatever radio station, I can't remember the name of the radio station, if iHeartMedia, if he has a following out them and they decide to drop him, you know, what does that mean for Charlamagne the God? What does that mean for all this other stuff like this Black Effect uh, podcast network? How does that hang? Can he take that with them? Or do they just push him out the door? And, and say, we own this. this all his work and, and all the people that he brought in exactly you know so where does that leave them you know yeah. or where does that leave him he yeah can't, he can't pull a joe button presumably i don't know what this deal how this deal is structured he can't pull a joe button and say oh y'all have a fallout with me all right well let me take all these other podcasts and take them with me and go to spotify or go to you know um whatever the case may be yeah you know is he just pushed out the door is he fired as an employee Right. So that'd be interesting to see as well. Yeah, because at the end of the day, ownership is key. And that's where true change happens. You can be a leader, a manager, a director, a VP, whatever. But if you don't have a stake, a physical stake in it to make those unilateral decisions or even decisions that can truly affect change, then you're then that really takes away some of your effectiveness if you can't say, hey, this is wrong, this isn't right, we need to completely cut this off and go in a different direction. If you can't be in the room and make those decisions, then you're just, you know, unfortunately just another person in the room or another person that works there who gets a check every two weeks or whatever the case may be. So again, like you, I would be very interested to see how this deal is structured. I don't know if they will... um, divulge that information or not but i think especially in the state of the country and in where we are where you see a lot of black people you know getting uh, having their voices amplified and getting out there visually in front of people they may not have necessarily have been before um you know it'll just be interesting to see what he got offered in this deal and if he is going to truly have an impact beyond curating lists of people who can come in because like or you just said being an influencer yeah like you already said he has the culture he knows the culture and even the the ceo um said that you know he recognizes uh bob pittman he says no one understands that vision more you know showing that um because i think uh, in the in the article 
um, Charlemagne is saying that his goal for the podcast network is to be what BET was originally when it came mm-hmm. out in the 90s with a, quote, hopeful, raw, unap- unapologetic, diverse black content and a place where you can come and be educated, enlightened and ent- entertained. So he knows who to go to to get the culture, to bring them in. So the question is, is that person just bringing in the culture or does that person does actually have, have some weight? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, does he have a stake in it? Huh? Yep. So I think that will truly be the 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 test of, of how influential and how much he can, um, you know, really um, influence, have this black effect um, in in the way of, of podcasts and, and audio media. So, so yeah, I thought that was uh, very, very interesting, especially the way it popped up and, and, and how it popped up. Just a friend. Um, DM me on, DMing me on, on IG because honestly I didn't have anything <laughs> at that at that point but but yeah so um, it'll definitely see be interesting to see how this plays out and to see who because I mean he's playing gatekeeper at for this particular you know podcast network initially starting off at least by curating mm-hmm. these specific people is there an angle are there friends? Are there only certain people, only certain voices that he's allowing in that maybe align with what he thinks? Are there going to be any opposing views? So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what this Black Effect Network ends up being. So, right. So, yeah. All right. So that is it for For the Culture. Let's head on over to the hookup and um so for this week we've been talking about the apple announcement so there is an easter egg hidden in the invite that was sent out to apple users and apple people so let me share my screen so if you what again let me uh (laughs) emphasize it wasn't sent out to everybody who's an apple user only certain people got a specific invite. Now, the rest of us have to see this invite from these other bloggers and journalists and developers and other people who have this special access, you know. So we'll just have to go off of what they saw when this thing was announced. Well, you too now can see the Easter egg. So essentially what you would need to do on, it has to be on an Apple device, of course, is go to... Um, um, uh, Apple um, to their events page where you see what I'm showing on the screen, which is the um, the uh, you know basically the event information. Apple event. It gives you the date, the time. You can add it to your calendar, and it gives you the Apple logo. That's very interesting and intricate. And that was the first thing I saw when I saw the email. I was like, hmm, this is interesting. So now you can uh, see the Easter egg. So if you go to this website. Um, we'll mm-hmm. include the link in the show notes, or if you just go to apple.com slash apple hyphen event, you'll get to this page. So then what you'll need to do is to click on the image. And depending on if you have the AR kit already installed, which I do, um, it automatically launches into it. But if you don't, it'll ask you to install the AR kit, install it. And then what you do is you need to scan your, um, your phone over the area that you're in. And what it'll do is it will put the app, this particular app logo in the background behind your computer. So it's just a nifty mm-hmm. little way to, 
to engage users. And I think since Apple is really going more along the AR um, uh, space, they're really trying to get their apps into, um, get people to use um, AR. Um, I'm sorry, I'm calling it AR, VR. Um, more no, uh, right. frequently. augmented reality. Oh, that's it. Okay. I was like, wait a minute. I'm looking at something. I'm actually doing it again on my phone. I was like, wait, what happened? Did I say the right word? But yeah, so um, so yeah, so if you click on the link, um, it may take a couple minutes. It'll ask you to scan your workspace because it's trying to, you know, pick the points. Put it on your table. Yeah, it'll put a table. You can put it behind your laptop. So you can pretty much just put the logo in different parts of of your room or workspace. So that was just a neat little Easter egg that that came along with the otherwise just unassuming, cute but intricate looking Apple logo. Yeah, and what it what it does, um, the the Apple logo that you see in the in, invite is in the shape of an apple. So if you do all the processes that Nika mentioned, click on the thing, put it on your desk, it'll actually unveil the actual date of the event. So it'll say 9.15 and then it'll curl back up into the Apple logo that you see on the invite and vice versa. So it's like a little uh, AR trick that you can um, put Move on your, your desk. Move your phone around, yeah. Right, right. And see the actual date in addition to just this Apple logo with these squiggly lines. Yep. So yeah, so that's the the hookup for, for this week. All right. With that being said, I think that is it for this week. Unless you had anything you wanted to to talk about or to nope. hook up. Okay, cool. All right. So that is it for uh, this week. Definitely download, rate, and review um, us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also engage with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're at Snobwestcast everywhere. You can also watch us in our previous shows on YouTube at SnobOS. You can also um, send us uh, comments, suggestions on our website, SnobOSCast.com. Also, shoot us over an email if you want at SnobOSCast at gmail.com. And don't forget, you too can become a, a patron and support the podcast, which allows us to do different things and bring you updated and, and hopefully merch and different types of content. You can do that at uh, patreon.com slash snobblewestcast. And for $5 a month, you will get access to the pre-show content, access to the live taping of our show, and access to our Discord live chat. And with that, I think that's it. See you next week. Bye. Peace.